0: Hey Becoming Me. I am so excited to introduce you to my warrior friend, Pastor Nicole. Pastor Nicole, welcome to Becoming Me. Hey
1: everybody. How are you doing today?
0: It is such an honor to have you. Oh, go ahead.
1: We're in St. Louis, Missouri. We are freezing. You're in Florida. You're wearing a sweater. I know.
0: I feel like that's reversed, right?
1: It it's strange. I don't, I, you know, we were just talking before we went on that, you know, sometimes people say when, well, when H3 double hockey sticks freezes over and we're just wondering if it happened.
0: <laughs> exactly. You know, I have just had the joy of meeting you at a conference years ago, following you and your journey on social media, really learning from your resources and how you're equipping people, me to become the Emily that God made me to be. And so it's an honor to have you with me today. And I know we'll have people who are joining the show and they're like, hey, Emily, you're hyping up Pastor Nicole. I don't know her yet. So just take a moment and introduce yourself to new friends
1: to who you are. So I'm a really normal, very weird girl. (laughs) Um. So I, my husband and I have been pastoring a church for, uh, it'll be 20 years this year, which is impossible since I'm 25, but somehow the math adds up. And I have nine locations in three states. I was the executive pastor of our church for 16 years. I had a history in the corporate world before then. I was speaking at our church for every weekend uh, for five years. And then COVID happened. Um, we had decided to divide into a directional leadership team. Once COVID happened, we had also figured out our streaming through all our locations. So now you only need one speaker on every weekend instead of two, where my husband would be speaking in one state, I would be speaking in the other. And so life changed. And I love the Becoming Me podcast because um, I'm a girl whose dad gave her up in Canada, got adopted in the US when she was three, uh, was molested when I was in fourth grade, raped when I was 13 years old, and bullied in between was a pregnant on one mother by 17 years old, and there's more to the story. But who my life started as and then where God took me, and then the change that's even happened in the recent years, there's never an end to the process of becoming.
0: Mm-hmm. That is so right. And that's what I love about the word becoming, that I-N-G on the end. It's not become or became. It's becoming, always learning, always growing, always evolving. You know, you alluded to your story a little bit there, Pastor Nicole, and I would love for you to just take a moment and unpack what you would want to share about how you are becoming who you are now. Like we see how you're leading, how you are pouring into so many people.
1: What's the journey to here? Um, I would say that the journey to here is so much closer than you think and far away enough just to be out of reach. And what does that mean? That means every day you have to do the work for a dream that you don't see how it's going to happen. And I, you know, being a pastor, I'm a believer. uh, By believer, I mean believer in Jesus Christ. And I honestly think when people ask me, what is the best leadership book on the planet? Uh, I have gotten the most leadership out of the Bible. First and second Kings, first and second Samuel, first and second Chronicles. I mean, you watch the chronicled lives of all these Kings, their rise, their fall, what happened in between, how they screwed up, how they succeeded. And uh, it's just every day we wake up and we feel like we can't reach that place. And I call that faith. Uh, Faith doesn't begin until our ability ends. And so unless we're reaching for a dream that is bigger than we are, Mm. we are really not even pleasing God, our creator, because he says without faith, it's impossible to please God. So he created us as human to be really big dreamers. And when we're not dreaming, he's really not happy. So people who are Christians who are like, no, you should stay in a a small house and a small life and not influence anybody with their little pointy fingers. I'm like, I I don't, I don't know if that's true according to this Bible that I read because God says, okay, Abraham, look, you're in a tent and all you can see is a piece of canvas above your head and it's dead. So I'm going to give you a direction that you can't even follow right now. I'm going to tell you, go outside and look at the stars. Well, if Abraham leaves this tent right now, it's daytime. There are no stars. Okay, God. So first of all, you gave me this direction at the wrong time, but no, he says, go out and look at the stars. So Abraham's got to pull out his little phone and be like, Siri, remind me after dusk to go look at the stars. And, and Siri goes off later and he's like, oh yeah, God told me to go look at the stars. So he walks outside, but he had the ceiling above his head for a long time. And I think that's our day-to-day. In our day-to-day, we feel like there is this ceiling because whatever God has put in our heart, the purpose we were born with, the destiny we have always dreamed about, it feels like so impossible. But he's saying, go look at the stars. I know it's daytime. Go write the book. I know you don't have an outline. You know, Go start the podcast. I know you don't know what to say. You know, Go start the business. I know you don't know how to write a business plan. We let the little day to day get in the way of the big dream. So every day, so it seems so far away, but every day we work, we have to get up and we have to work on it. And we don't have to do the whole day, but we just have to do something
0: today. That is so powerful. You know, I'm curious in your own becoming journey, how does that look like in your day to day, right? The getting up and the putting work towards your big dreams and lifting that ceiling. What's it, what's that look like tangibly for you?
1: That is such a good question because you've kind of caught me in the middle of the whole thing. Um, So I lead mastermind groups. I do coaching and um, we do it in a group format. We spend a whole year together. And we do three three day immersives. So we really go deep in these three days and then we do these two half days. Well, my I have a group that's in year two and we just did a half day. Okay. And how we've turned our faults into defaults. And so we keep self-sabotaging by default because we have formed these habits that just don't move us forward. Maybe they get us maybe they get us by right? But they don't move us forward. And everybody wants to move forward. God didn't say, I wrote your book. It's your life. It's one chapter. No, he's written this like full robust book for our life. And he's like, and then he puts the pen in our hand. He's like, I want you to keep writing. So everybody is evolving. Everybody is changing. Everybody is moving forward. But there is the, there are these habits. And in order to identify these habits, because I'm a biopsychotheo person, And the only thing you heard there was psycho. You need to listen some more. (laughs) Um, But I I fully believe that our flesh, our brain, our biology, our physical well-being, um, you can't be physically ill and at your best mental performance. Um, So then psychology, that's our mind, our will, and our emotions. It's how we think. Uh, And then there's the theology. That's the spirit. And I believe we are a recreated human spirit that possesses a, a psychology, a soul, a mind, a will, an emotion. And we live in this biology, in this, in this body. And I think our most limited one is the biology. But if we don't know how they work together, so our soul, our psychology, our, our brain, so this is psychology and biology together. So Duke University did a study, Emily, and 40% of what we do is on autopilot. Literally 40% of how we, how many times we pick up our phone, how many times we look at email, how many times we think about social, how many times, you know, what, if we take a drink right now or not, and you might be listening right now and thinking, oh, I don't know if it's 40%. Quick question. When is the last time you drove somewhere and didn't remember the drive? Yeah. So I'm personally, all that to say, I'm personally working on cracking this habit code. Um, And I'm I'm in in an experimental process of, am I going to be a 30, 30, 30 girl? You know, within 30 minutes of waking, I drink 30 grams of protein. And then I work out for 30 minutes of cardio at under 135 beats per minute. But then where does my Bible reading reflective journaling time fit in? Because I really prefer to do that first. Am I an intermittent fasting person who, okay, Forget that whole cardio in the morning thing. I'm just going to read, journal, pray, and drink my black coffee and and water with lemon. Or is my life a series of hills and volleys Mm. and that every day doesn't have to look the same and that I can live inside of more than one habit? So I think that life and success is actually one and lost inside of our habits. And that opening the of awareness really helps us to see who am I when I'm not looking? Mm-hmm. Because it's the person we are when we're not looking. That's really kind of, you're like, have you ever been through your house and you, you or got your credit card statement and you looked at your credit card statement and you thought, my somebody stole my credit card. And then you realized, oh, that was me. And that, that was, okay, that was the grocery store. That was Starbucks. Mm-hmm. And that was gas. That was my friends. And it was all you? Yep. Well, that's you that we have to find. And figure out what's going on and get this you behaving when we're not looking so that we can get to where we want to go. So that habit question was like really well-timed because I have probably done just in the last two weeks, maybe 100 hours research into habits and how do I break the bad ones, initiate the good ones, and quit working against myself when I'm not looking.
0: That is so powerful, and one thing that I feel like I know to be true about you is when you are learning something, it ends up becoming a resource that then you equip other people with. So, which I love because now I'm like, okay, what are the habits Pastor Nicole's learning, and how can I incorporate that with Emily? Right, and so is there a dream of what you're learning maybe becoming a future resource?
1: Yeah. So right now, so it's a four-hour half-day in my mastermind. Awesome. Um, as Deconstructing defaults. And anytime you pull something out, because we try to do life by addition. No, not anymore. We try to do a life by multiplication, right? Mm-hmm. But life has to start with attraction. And one of the hard truths, and if you are a dog lover, do not hate me, because I don't know that there is a bigger dog lover than me. Mm-hmm. I sleep with my dog on Wake Presley this morning, my dog was on my lap because I do this live prayer thing every Thursday morning at seven central. And my dog was on my lap. Like I am a dog lover and we had a dog pass Emily. And I was heartbroken. I had this little two pound Yorkie. She was 11 years old. She passed suddenly unexpectedly. And we were like, we need to get a new dog. We were moving out to the country back in the day when we used to breed horses before I was full-time ministry. Uh, One of the side things we did is we had a horse farm, uh, bred horses on that horse farm. We had Dobermans. My husband said, let's get a Doberman. Sounded amazing. Let's do it. Well, about 18 months into our Doberman's life and gotten hit by a car and broken her leg. And we went through four surgeries and got her rehabilitated and poured a lot of time into her I was waking up one morning. I was really trying to study and pray, but I had limited time. I had to feed the dog. I had to walk the dog. I had to medicate the dog. I had to make sure the dog was comfortable. And, and she was healthy. She had made it through. We had been even through physical therapy at that point. And the Lord said, Nicole, you're distracted.
0: Hmm.
1: Well, a lot of my life, Emily, I have fought with God. I have you know, he'll tell me you're distracted. I'll be like, you're right, but it's not by the dog. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and he, and I, this time I just knew I'm like, I'm not even going to fight him because I know he's right. Um, I am distracted and I was pouring precious time. Time is one of our only non-renewable resources into feeding a dog every day, walking a dog every day. Now I have another dog. I have a four pound dog. She was on my lap this morning And um, there were some people who help us care for the Doberman, like when we travel. And I knew they had fallen in love with her. So I talked to my husband and I said, the Lord told me I was distracted. And I think I have to make a hard subtraction Mm -hmm. out of my life to create something. And he said, you know, I've been feeling the same way. So he said, I don't know how to tell these people, and I don't know if they're going to want to, and it may, well, I think we might have to talk them into it. So I said, no. I said, I think they love her. And so we made this phone call together, uh, texted them, asked them if they get on the phone with us, and we said, hey, we, we feel like – her name's Roxy. We feel like Roxy. You guys are supposed to become mom and dad, and we're supposed to become auntie Cole. And they said that's always been our dream.
0: Wow.
1: So Roxy's still in our life. We work with we work with Rich. Um, Roxy's still in our life. We work with Rich. She was at our house all day the other day, and we got to visit with her. But we had to make a hard mm-hmm. track. So sometimes there are friends or habits or activities that fit in one season, but in order for us to become. Mm-hmm. Supposed to evolve into next. And I use evolve not in a Darwin way, but evolve in you can't become two versions of you away until you become this person. You can only go to the next version at a time. So we have to become that next version of us, which might not be a hundred percent different than we are today. It might be two percent different than we are today. But once we become that person, then we we God can deal with us again about the next thing. So Listener, I think maybe there might be something instead of add, do, you know, pile on, be more stringent with yourself, be more strict, record all your food. It might be what's the thing? And I mean, your your thing it might be soda. Like I had a friend who needed to lose weight, and they didn't have the discipline to do it. And they said, all I can do is give up soda, and they lost fifty pounds. All they did was give up soda listeners, there might be something the Lord's dealing with your heart and you might be like, I don't know the Lord. Who are you talking about? There might be this thing in here that keeps whispering to you, Hey, what if you did this? And you're kind of pushing it down because you think it doesn't fit. But my experience with the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, the creator who has a seat so high, he can see everything is that he asks hard things, but it's never for less always for more.
0: What a good word. That's so encouraging. You know, Pastor Nicole, you mentioned um, coffee earlier. And so I'm curious, how do you drink your coffee? Yeah.
1: Well, I've been through seasons talking about versions of us, right? Um, when I was executive pastor uh, and I was speaking every weekend at our church. So I was writing a whole new talk every weekend as well. Um, I got to a, a point in time when I was working probably 16 hours a day and my body couldn't handle coffee anymore. Wow. So for a four year season. I didn't I can I say this out loud. I didn't drink coffee. Oh, I'm sorry. Can we still be friends?
0: A hundred percent, yes.
1: <laughs> but as my body got healthier, coffee was something that I could reintroduce. I also walked through cancer several years ago mm-hmm. and uh a, they diagnosed me with stage four cervical cancer. So coffee was something I gave up for several years in, in that health, health journey too. But coffee is back. I take it with, can I tell your listeners about a, a little secret ingredient? I would love it. I take it with this little, these little pH balance drops. I think they're called Alka's. I don't sell them. They're on Amazon. But what they do, they're just selenium and potassium. And one of the bad things about coffee is the acidity. So you just put a few drops in your coffee, you can't taste it, you can't smell it, it doesn't taste change the texture, but it takes the acidity out of the coffee, which makes it uh, for cancer survivors to not feed those cancer cells acid. So I do that for sure. I put my drops in if I'm intermittent fasting, I put in a little bit of organic stevia. And, and then if I'm not intermittent fasting, I put in the drops, I put in MCT coconut oil to feed my brain. I need. And then it l- l- depends on the season, but usually I put in some sugar-free vanilla and then like one pump of something else fun. But lately I am taking the protein. It's chocolate peanut butter protein. Mm, that sounds good. Or me- two pumps of peppermint and a little sprinkle of crushed peppermint.
0: Who needs Starbucks when you have this creation? Wow, that sounds like a fancy, decadent coffee. <laughs> I love it.
1: It's terrible. Well, it's got protein and just a few calories. It's got about 40 calories. so oh, That's no, not too bad. Amazing. So if you were having...
0: Oh, so normally I drink it black, like just straight black in the morning. I'll normally put some collagen in it, but now I'm going to look up some of these other secret ingredients you shared because I'm all about like something I enjoy adding what's going to also fuel me. So I'm going to be looking up those items on Amazon for sure. Um, but later in the day, I'll enjoy like a peppermint mocha, pumpkin spice latte, not healthy for you at all, but delicious.
1: So are nice and thin. So you can, you can have all those You can't see it in this because I positioned my computer correctly, but you know, my girls, your girl's a little thick around the curve, so I'd cut the calories on that. It's also
0: just being smart. I'd probably rather eat cookies and calories in that way than having it in coffee. So, I mean, it's just it's being smart. I'm with you on that. But like, if you were you invited a friend over and you made you know this fancy coffee that you just described with all of the secret ingredients and you're sitting across from them, you're swapping stories, you're laughing, you're talking about life, what would you say to your friend to encourage them to become who God made them to be?
1: You know, it takes a lot of courage. Um, And I think most of us don't use that courage to allow ourselves to look at ourselves in a self-aware way. Uh, Like I was talking about earlier, it's that version of ourselves that we don't notice Right, it's not, because if we noticed it, it would bug us, and we would we would work on changing it. it. It's the the version of us that we don't notice. It's the version of us that allows our voice to get snappy with the people we're familiar with. Um, it's the version of us that excuses our behavior. And it's the exact same behavior we'll judge somebody else with like, why'd you leave dirty dishes in the sink? It drives me nuts. And then that night we go to bed with our dirty dishes in the sink. You know, it's the, the version of ourselves that drives too fast on the highway and then yells at other people who are driving fast on the highway. But, you know, we're going 80 and they pass us 85. You crazy person. Uh, it's the version of ourselves that goes to work and finds ourselves saying things that aren't complimentary about coworkers. Somebody else, but then if somebody says something negative about us, you know, why why didn't you bring that to me? Why would you have to go talk to somebody else about it? So it's it's these versions of ourselves that we don't notice. So I have really been trying to do the work. I, I don't want to say I've done the work, and I don't want to say that I see those versions of myself, but at least I'm conscious of looking right. Um, So a few years ago, when we lived out on the horse farm, I was walking up to the front door one day, not paying attention at all. I'm on my sidewalk and I'm about to put my foot down. My husband screams. I look, there's a snake. Thank goodness the snake is dead. One of our Dobermans, that's one of the great things about Dobermans. They don't let anything in the yard. There are no squirrels, no rats, no mice, no snakes. They, they, They will be taken care of. So Tiger Lily, one of our Dobermans, had caught a snake, killed it, and laid it where we could see it, so she knew, so we would know how good of a dog she was. And so she was sitting there, so proud of her kill. But I had almost stepped on the snake. Well, now when I walk in the house, I always check the sidewalk because I don't want to accidentally step on something dangerous because I didn't see it. That's what I'm. I would encourage somebody sitting across from me is I don't always see it just because I look. But now at least I'm looking so that I can continue to see the parts, the sides, the tones, the comments, the habitual things that I do that are actually working against the future that I have in my heart.
0: Oh, that's so good. It reminds me a little bit of um, your Wake price lay message this morning on how we need to wake up and be awakened. Um, That was a good word. You know, we've mentioned Wake, Pray, you You mentioned your mastermind. I know you're an author. You are a pastor. If people wanted to learn more about these resources or how they can continue to learn from you, where can they go to find this?
1: Well, you can go to Nicolecrank.com. And one of my favorite, most accessible, easy programs is my circle of friends. That's nicolecrank.com forward slash circle. It's like a monthly Zoom group I do. So we just get on monthly Zooms. I send you a couple emails a month. I don't overwhelm you. Um, I don't give you, uh, I give you a little homework, but I don't hold you super accountable. So it's one of those things where you can hold on loosely. It tests the waters. Um, You can learn, grow. You get access to everything in my portal. But um, it's my mastermind people, my mastermind crews that I hold very accountable like we really work together to make serious progress in a year so that's for the the serious but the circle of friends is for everybody
0: That's amazing. And y'all, we will have the links in the show notes. You can easily click them. You can follow Pastor Nicole on social media and connect with these resources. And for those listening and watching, uh, Pastor Nicole mentioned her relationship with the Lord too. If you've never begun a relationship with Jesus, DM me, email me. That link is in the show notes. Would love to introduce you to Jesus Christ. That's the foundation for becoming who God made us to be. Um, But Pastor Nicole, as we wrap up your becoming story today, are there any final words that you would want to share?
1: Yeah, Um, I I just want to talk to the listener right now who feels maybe a little beat up and maybe you feel like, oh, see the things I see the things like I see them and it's a little bit scary and it's a little bit overwhelming and I don't know how to change this. What do I do? Well, the first thing I'd like to tell you is congratulations. You're normal. Like, The very first step in self-awareness, I think, is the most scary part of self-awareness. And is that is when you see the things that other people see about you that you didn't see. And now you're petrified. It's okay, sunshine. You've been this way a long time. You're not surprising anybody but you right now. So I want to tell you, you're normal. It's okay. And this is a great place to be. This is where that courage we talked about comes in. So maybe just journal a few things that you're seeing. And then you can reflect, pray, and get some resources. So one of the books I wrote, it's called I Will Thrive, Emily. It is about that first part of my life. It's about the bullying. It's about the rape, the molestation, the adoption, the the insecurity, the marrying the wrong guy. Because he found me at a very insecure time. And I told him a yes when I should have told him a serious no. And it turned into abuse. Um, and it, he became a drug addict It turned into divorce. It, turn, it, it went terrible. Mm-hmm. All that to say, for just listening, I have walked through so much. And if God can give me a television show, uh, mm-hmm. girl, I'm here to tell you, no telling what he can do with you because I came from a very deep hole. And one of the reasons I am a Christian is because we serve a God who sees the good in us when all we see is the bad. So God sees the good in you. I see the good in you. Keep coming back to this podcast where Emily is is pumping you up with good people, good word, good advice. And don't be afraid of what you see. Go get some resources. Get some time alone reflective or I would say in prayer asking which way to go, and I believe God's going to show you.
0: Oh, so good. Thank you Pastor Nicole. I just, I love you. I'm cheering you on as you're becoming who God made you to be. And thank you for investing in us today. I appreciate it. Thank
1: you for having me on, Emily. What a great podcast. You are such a great and accommodating and, and gracious host with great questions.
0: Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And I'm just, I'm honored to have this time with you today. Thank you.